Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with my young fit servant, Josh Hemo. I'm a servant this week. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to give you like a uh, young and fit uh-huh. while it's still applied to you. Thank you. Barely applies, you know? but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the listeners don't know that, at least not all of them. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you have not tuned in before, this is our podcast where we watch a SpongeBob episode and discuss little life lessons that we learn along the way and have some fun talking about some SpongeBob. Um, this week we're watching season four, episode seven, Enemy in Law and Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy six, the motion picture. What a mouthful. <laughs> act one, Enemy in Law. So in this act, Plankton is having some work and home life troubles as he's trying to get people into the chum bucket and things aren't going well and he's arguing with his computer wife, Karen. He ends up seeing Mr. Krab's mom leaving the Krusty Krabs and sure enough, uh, falls in love with her, turns off his computer wife and begins to woo her, which uh, leads to some troubles within the, the Krabs family, if that makes sense. Um, but to start things off, Josh, I want to ask you, um, of these three, which one do you think is the most effective? Poetry, love notes, or a statue of yourself? <laughs> if you were going to woo someone in this day and age, in the in the age of Tinder, do you think um would work? I think love notes is probably the closest thing that we that I would think would work, right? I feel like a statue is coming on too heavy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the skills to make a statue. And the same thing with poetry. I don't know anyone that would be like write a poem, be like, "I wrote this poem for you." I know you barely know me, but here you go. Roses are red, violets are blue, something, something. And then, you think it would work? You don't think it would work? I don't know. I think it would work. You think so? I think I it'd be know. cheesy enough to work. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like love notes are like the same thing as like sliding to someone's DMs, right? Mm. And that's why I think that's why we're in an age of love notes. I don't know. I feel like it. You know, I talked about this last time we we talked about notes in like high school and stuff. But like, I feel like a love note and a DM slide are not 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 the same, same level, no. same level romance wise. If that makes sense. <laughs> I guess what is what's more creepy, like handing someone like a note professing your love for them, or like a poem. A poem would be less creepy, I guess, right? Yeah. So then, then you have like a nice little poem that's like. Roses are red, violets are blue. I was spying on you. Here you go. Here's a note. Yeah. <laughs> oh, statue. I don't know. That statue of her, uh, that that robot makes is actually pretty solid, though. Well, he's fueled by true love, right? That's yeah. what did it. That was one of the lessons: is that love can <laughs> make you super creative and do things you not thought you didn't think was possible. <laughs> yeah, like destroy a city and light it on fire. I guess so. I think they're really leaning into this whole like robot trope in this season. I feel like this is like the yeah. third time we've seen a robot in Bikini Bottom, like big robot yes. thing. Too many robots. Too many robots. But I did like how it was named like Chumbot. I did kind of yeah. like that. How would you feel if you were sitting at home and a robot plucked you out of your fucking house and then brought you to like Taco Bell <laughs> or a restaurant you've never heard of? Yeah. So if it was like Taco Bell, I'd be like, Probably upset to begin with, but I'm like, hey, I'm here. Might as well get yeah. like a chalupa. Um, but if it was like a restaurant I've never heard of or like a crappy like piece of <laughs> restaurant, I'd yeah. be pretty pissed, right? Like I know that um, Plankton's like, it's a good, uh, kidnapping's a good marketing technique. But I don't yeah, think it's like it standard is. marketing yeah, technique is I what don't he think says. So. <laughs> so is there a brand that you would want them to just like grab you and take you someplace? I feel like that should be an app service. Like, kidnap you? Yeah. <laughs> like if it's like if I if I really didn't want to get my <laughs> delivered and I wanted the experience to go to like a restaurant, I could just type in like kidnap me and bring me to Burger King. <laughs> and they could do it. You know, I could actually see that as a service for like people who are workaholics who never take vacations. Like they just write it down like, you know, like I really need just you know, a, a trip to the bar to have some fun and enjoy myself. 
Um, I'm going to be free this weekend, and I know I'm not going to want to do anything, so just kidnap me and take me someplace. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like the equivalent of your friends inviting you out, but like it's a lot more sad. <laughs> yeah. You're just being forced. It's great. I think I think maybe we should capitalize on this before uh people take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll write it down <laughs> for my my future uh, endeavors. My future ideas. Yeah. <laughs> we got a little bit of insight this episode of what wife stands for. Uh-huh. Um and it's wired integrated female electro encephalograph yeah encephalograph which i looked up what an encephalo well encephalography graphy graphy i don't know (laughs) uh uh is um it's the measurement of electrical activity in different parts of the brain and the recording of such activity as a visual trace wait just like his like just like her like face basically wait so doesn't mean that she's connected to an actual brain that's exactly where my br- my head went to. Yeah, I was like, "Is Karen a real f-ing brain in a jar that is connected to, you know, plankton systems, and like was an actual person at one point?" And I know in the future there's a whole like storyline. Apparently, she like comes from a calculator or something like that. Yeah, but so far, I would think that is the strongest theory. Well, obviously, I mean, if he she did start from like a calculator right maybe that's the c- computer the inner workings and he just found like some female's brain to hook it up to right yeah like ca- maybe he found an actual person named karen and like stole that he her. liked yeah and loved man that's dark i didn't even think about that wow imagine i don't know like i went on like a whole like 10 second spiral <laughs> in the middle of the episode because i was like wait a minute so if her brain is connected to this and he turned it off, he didn't kill her. He just severed her connection to the world to speak and like Yo, so let her exist as a jar brain. So then what happens? Her. Like, what do you, you just exist inside your own mind when you get shit off? Well, I don't know. I, my mind I is guess... really nice. <laughs> what do you do? Now you're getting into uh, like, what is consciousness as a human yeah. being? And is there a living soul and stuff like that? Uh. But I like to think that it, she is a floating brain with like, sentience Mm -hmm. that just needs that is living you know that's like kept alive by tubes and stuff some weird liquid that she can float around in yeah you know that being said i feel like karen is so mistreated all the time like oh 100 this episode is full of sexist yeah 100 god even at the end he's like oh so you came crawling back to me and karen's like you came crawling back and she like zaps him and whatever which i guess could be considered domestic abuse which is also yeah. some weird stuff in this episode. But I don't know if someone turned off my ability to speak to someone else, I think I would probably try to murder them. Yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> a that's got to be some legal defense somewhere. Yeah, something. I um what did you think about the fancy crusty crab? Did you catch Well, it's the second time we've seen fancy crusty crab yeah. and let me tell you, second time around so much better. Yeah, I think so too. SpongeBob actually knew what he was kind of doing. I think he had a little bit more prep time. Do you think and, they just kept the decorations from the first time they did it? Or do you think they have like a, that was something they already had and that's why SpongeBob was able to set it up so quickly in the Squillian how, episode? I don't know. Maybe that's how they, I kind of see it like that. Maybe they like have it like a party pack that no one would yeah. ever purchase because it's so expensive. And, you know, Mr. Krabs busts it out for special occasions. That makes sense. Speaking um, of expensive, uh, yeah. that stone, that f-ing diamond that plankton gets for uh mrs crabs which i just looked up her name's betsy and for betsy some reason crabs yeah but it's a hot name <laughs> uh how did he afford that that diamond was huge that's another thing i wrote down is is that diamond real do you think it is no it's like a ring pop i could see that or maybe it's just like pla- like a glass. It's, a glass it's like fake yeah it's a fake diamond um also when Mr. Krabs stuffs his wallet in SpongeBob's mouth and he just eats it. <laughs> some weird I don't know. There's there's some weird, 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 weird things. episode. Yeah. And like episode. another thing is like Mr. Krabs literally steals a hat from a dead woman at her funeral. Oh yes. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Okay, this this woman definitely did not have money because her hat had holes in it. Yeah. So I was just like I one Okay, so 
I want to say that I do actually really like this episode. I thought this this episode as a whole actually is feels a little bit more season three than season four yeah. in my mind. And then, so I don't know if it, like the writing was different because like Mr. Krabs was just the right amount of stingy, I think, where he wasn't like a piece of shit. Yeah. It was just more like, I don't want this horrible person around my mother. He wasn't like actively trying to hurt other people with his like selfishness is yeah, what we like, what we've seen like it wasn't yeah. destructive i don't think the worst part was him stealing that hat yeah I think. and even then i think that it was like a it was a nice it was a nice addition to a person not like completely out of left field yeah i could see him like borrowing someone's hat well, he did it for his mom so yeah, <laughs> yeah that's love it's love right there I would um, get you a dead person's hat if you needed it. Oh, uh, please don't. But thank <laughs> you. Uh, unless it was like an heirloom or something. I don't want it stolen. I want it like given. Okay. Like, yeah, like a like vintage situation. All right. <laughs> Not like a hey, I, I my friend died and I took it off his corpse before they could pick him up. Thought you'd like it. Take it. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's a snapback. <laughs> um, speaking of love and giving other people affection. Um, I put that dating is difficult is one of my small lessons, mm-hmm. but you got to put yourself out there because I'm pretty sure that's what Plankton was doing. He was like, you know, given his full effort, um, using everything to his best ability to show someone else he cared about them, even if that means technically kidnapping them and or stalking them, which is my second lesson said, was don't stalk people. Don't. <laughs> do you think but he I, has I, those cameras set up for everyone or do you think it was just for no, I think it's just her. I think okay. he he sent he, him and that robot guy, Chumbot, Chumbot. decided to uh, team up. Yeah, you know. And before so we creepy. found out, he had sentience. <laughs> but like it, it is weird because nowadays, like that is basically what a Tinder profile is, and what you use like Instagram for is like kind of get an idea of like who this person is. Like, yeah. Outside of it, because literally, I, I literally in, a couple days ago, Fatima showed me this person who's like, oh, this is so and so's like friend and i was like oh they look boring as hell because their instagram is boring as hell like it's just pictures of like random crap i don't know it, it was it wasn't like interesting random crap with interesting crap captions i was just like this seems bland and uh-huh. this person seems bland so in you so in that case would you suggest that like in an age like this you try to make your profiles more exciting uh i just representative of you if that i if that means it's more exciting mm-hmm. I, again, it should be you. I don't think you should be like catering it. Like maybe Tinder makes more sense to cater it, but your yeah. Instagram or like things that are for like the general public yeah. in theory, it shouldn't be that way because I'm the same way. Like I barely post anything on Instagram and when I do, it's usually stuff about Fatima or like something very specific that's happening. Um, and like that can just be seen as like, oh, like Omar only posts pictures of his girlfriend and like a random trip that he's been on, like a vacation or something, right? But I think that also shows like, okay, well, if I don't like Omar based on his Instagram profile, maybe I just don't like him because that's what he decided to put out to the world, you know? Yeah. I don't think it should be curated for anyone but yourself. Yeah. Unless it's, it's like some business profile, but yeah. that's completely different. That's different. Yeah. It's just a weird it's a weird uh weird thing to think about because like social media the way that it plays into how we interact with each other how we view each other because that's like immediately you hear about someone new and you check their social media and then you're like oh okay i get to know this person a little bit but like i like what did people do before that right they had to go talk to them or just like ask people how this person is like like how you met people it's kind of like i think similar to how people met people in like high school it's like you're talking to their friends and being like, oh, like, how's so-and-so? And, like, that's how you're getting an idea of what kind of person they are yeah. is by spending time with them. And, like, nowadays, people are more accessible. You get, like, you can hang out with someone that lives in Brooklyn. You know, you can kind of get an idea of who they are before you even go to get a drink for, with them, right? Mm. Which, like, again, pro, pro, uh, pros and cons for that. But, like, I feel like, in making the world smarter, uh, like in making the world smaller, it's made like people more picky. Yeah, no, I think so too. And I think that's part of what it, like I was getting at too, is just that like, 
people expect so much, especially when they go on their profiles and stuff. They're like, oh, this person doesn't have this and this person doesn't say this, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of in a in an age where you have so much more options, people are yeah. it's like very more narrowed down, you know. Yeah. And I think that's makes it discouraging for some people to try stuff like that. Or even like be a part of social media. Cause I know a lot of people are like, it's not worth my time to be on social media, you know. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely how I feel with Facebook. Like yeah. I I've been looking at Facebook a little bit more uh more actively right now because of this like there's certain like Facebook groups I have to look at. But um like all of it I'm like looking at other people that I've haven't seen them post on anything besides Facebook and I'm like, oh, like that's what they've been up to. But like to me, like I don't care enough to like check on people on Facebook. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It, it's like it's a weird like mix. But uh, going back to the episode, um, speaking of modern day things, after Plankton goes on a date or falls in love with her, I guess, you know, like woos her, um, buys her the hat. I think that's ex- specifically the moment that happened. Uh, he has a picture and he's like wiping the picture down of like uh, Mr. Krabs' mom, Betsy or whatever. Yeah. And I was thinking if you sent a nude to Plankton, it would basically be life size. <laughs> It'd be like a life-size size nude. <laughs> like, can you can you imagine if like someone's like, oh, hey Josh, I got this hot picture of myself, and I took a picture of it, and then you you got it, and it was a a cutout, a cardboard cutout of a half naked person. That'd be great. All the detail, it'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you could really you could really get like a real true appreciation. I, I guess for... that's a that's a plus for him, right? Yeah, that's a plus for him being his size. We don't get a really little... many. We don't get many pluses or uh, benefits for plankton size, but that's definitely one of them. Yeah, a little goes a long way in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did have a small lesson, especially in in this age with Love Is Blind, uh, in the in the media scape, is marry people because you love them, not because you're trying to get something. And I say I say that in multiple ways. Like obviously, in the episode, he's trying to get. At first, it was like, oh, I kind of like like her, and also I think he was just trying to get like, and this sounds gross, but like literally he says it. He's like flesh. <laughs> it's like a real. He's like it's a real flesh like person in the flesh. It's not a companionship. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what he really needed was physical touch. Yeah. He wanted like a real human, like well, I guess or like, a real person, aquatic touch, <laughs> like person. Yeah, right, and like. I feel like you should be dating someone not because like oh I want their their goodies right or even in like later in the episode like the actual money or anything like that but I don't know I just had that as a small lesson is like even in Love Is Blind it's like people are just literally looking to get married because they're so alone yeah so yeah. like love people for them not because they just fill that that niche that you need I think that's good I also wrote down some like small lessons is like. Sometimes it's better not to intervene uh, with like couple situation like that. Like Mr. Krabs stepping in made the situation so much worse. Like I understand he was like protective of his mom and probably more protective of the formula than his mom, to be honest. Yeah. But because he mentioned it, that's what like ruined like this whole thing between Plankton and Mrs. Krab, you know? Or yeah. Betsy. And then it is weird to say. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Yeah. Uh, but finally, for me, it was like be straightforward with your romantic relationships, and we say it a lot on this podcast: is just be straightforward in your communication. Mm. But like, Betsy had a fucking side piece while she's dating Plankton. I understand they're not exclusive, but like, they could, she could have let him know. Yeah, you know? said something, or yeah. like even Chumbot, who is arguably probably a Plankton's friend. Like, just be honest <laughs> about it, you know. <laughs> or Plankton, you know, saying, "Hey, I have a computer wife." Yeah. Also that. I guess he was cheating on Karen this entire time. So. It's okay. She zapped him in the end. <laughs> time for the bubble break. Alright, so uh, I figured let's uh, not talk too much about like having uh, dating problems and stuff like that. Do something a little bit more uh, lighthearted. Uh, yeah. So let's take a um, page out of the second act. And if we were to make an IMAP movie, what would it be? And what do you think this process would be like? Let's just spitball. I think the same uh, way we did the restaurant situation, let's just go for it. 
All right. First of all, uh-huh. title. What do we call it? Is Manny's a podcast the movie? Is it like the SpongeBob movie? Or we do uh like podcast Manny's question mark? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it is po- is Manny's a podcast or a movie. Something like that, right? Or, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Uh is Manny's a podcast? Or movie, yeah. we'll workshop it. But that's yeah. the working title. Something All right, working like title. Working. Good, is good, many good. as a podcast? Is many as a podcast or movie? Good. Question mark. Inciting action. What is the point point of all this? What are we doing? All right, are we starring in it, or are we having other people star? In it? I don't know. We could star in it. What's our budget? What are we uh, looking are, at? We're looking sky high. This is this is brainstorming. All right. Okay. When you brainstorm, you don't think about budget. You think about reality. So then let's get actors to play Got us. It. We'll do actors, but we have a cameo. Okay, wait, I got an idea. Great, this is great. Great, great, great. Okay, go for it. It is us, right? We're recording yes. the podcast, but then the real life SpongeBob and Patrick like appear to us and like need our help or something like that, right? Got or it. Or Steven Hilberg like comes back from the dead. It was like, yeah, I need your help. Come with me. Got it. My question is, is it too well, by the time it goes through development hell, it won't be too soon. So he comes back and he's like, I need you to help me with writing the newest season of SpongeBob. And then it turns out that SpongeBob is a real world that we have to go and into and save. And then we become part of SpongeBob. Yes. Forever. Yeah. And then let's see, who's our villain? Who's who's keeping who's keeping um everyone? Fatima. The intern. It's a twist all along. We don't know it's her until oh, the very that's end. Smart. Yeah. It's <laughs> she was the whole time she was like, I'm tired of Omar doing this podcast. I have to keep pretending to support him. Yeah. I'm tired of being called the intern this entire time. I want, I've never been promoted. It's been a while. I don't get anything from it. And then um just because corporations love this, we really need Nickelodeon to fund us. Uh-huh. Nickelodeon can be like the pseudo bad guy. Okay. Like okay. we're being chased we're being chased by a Nickelodeon exec uh-huh. and they're like, "No, this is copyright infringement. Like you you can't have a podcast about SpongeBob. We own it." And they're just going to keep on us and on us the entire time and we think that's what it is. Do you think that Nickelodeon's personified by someone? Yeah. We got to right. have like a a Dennis character, yeah. you know what okay. I'm saying? Okay, I like that. Yeah. Um, I'd like to mate. think that all our guests somehow show up that yeah. we've had throughout the past. I don't know in what capacity they do, yeah. but like somehow they just appear in the story along the way. Yeah, I mean, once we enter SpongeBob world, it's free for all. Yeah, because we. I'm thinking like we do like the first, maybe in the inciting incident, like up to the first 15 pages, 15 to 20 minutes of of the film. Uh-huh. It's all live action. Great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we go into cartoon world. And we're um, cartoons. And then, yeah, exactly. Then we can just do voiceovers, and it keeps budget costs low. Fan artists Maybe out we... there, draw us as a SpongeBob cartoon. Yeah. Just us. And then and then just us. And then ev- that way, everyone who's ever been on the podcast, we don't even have to pay them. We just take their audio from it. Oh, that's genius. See, genius, I'm thinking genius. like a producer yeah, right now. that's genius. Obviously, as a director, I'd be like, no, let's bring everyone in and have them do their own VO and right. stuff. But like again, we're just we're spitballing Just taking their here. stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah, and they don't need actors. We don't. They were just a guest, then, yeah. right? So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually love all our guests. So then they come in, they say yeah. their things. Uh-huh. We we find a way to just wing them into the into the. We'll thing. just make it happen. Maybe, we'll just yeah. cut some audio together. Um, and then again, the Nickelodeon execs like go into into Bikini Bottom, and try to find us through like animations and stuff. And then yeah. we just you know add a couple filler scenes in there. Do you think we have a fight sequence? We have a fight sequence. Uh, yeah, we have to. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm think, I'm thinking, um, because we want to limit what's going to happen is we're originally going to write the whole script with Steven Hillenburg in there. Yeah, and then there people are going to be like, it's too soon, it's too soon, and then we just have him in the beginning, and he lets us into the story, and then that's it. Okay, Bob is just that's, a voice. Bob is not even him. It's just like a voice that comes to us and like a oh, dream. Oh yeah, right? that works that better. No, I did you a likeness. No, nothing right there. Right? Yeah. Good. That's the rewrite, and yeah. then we're in. We're in, and then I think the first like big fight scene is us beating up Mr. Krabs. Okay, I like that because we think that he's uh, trying to be stingy, and that's and when we get us. our first guest guest appearance. Dan could show up, and they've already said a bunch of <laughs> about Mr. Krabs, so we have yeah. all that audio ready to go while they're beating them up. I think that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. There we go. And then uh, let's see. 
then we run away. We turn. It turns out Mr. Krabs was not the one that's keeping you know from the next season from coming out. Yeah. So then we just slowly follow each lead. I think okay. we got a really solid like structure. I think it can make it happen. It's all copyright infringement. It's all not. <laughs> but you know, some of the, like the best comes from that, right? These wild ideas. Cursed Child. Oh, exactly like Cursed Child. <laughs> and in the very end, we like track down. Um, w- no, we get caught. We get caught by the Nickelodeon exec. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, you have to have the the next season has to happen. You need to stop holding this hostage. And then we're like, we're not holding it hostage. And then like, who's holding it hostage? And we turn, and then Fatima slow claps in. And it's actually almost identical to the ending of the first SpongeBob movie <laughs> where like she claps and she's like, ha, I knew it. And it turns out she was the one holding everything back and then, the entire time. Yeah. Then you, me and SpongeBob all get together, have a goofy goober moment. And then boom, it's over. I like that. Good. All right. Done. I like that. We'll start uh, workshopping. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have some table reads. Yeah. See who's interested. Um, I know a couple people. If you want to be a producer, hit us up. Send us yeah. some money. Yeah, come into theaters near you. Is mayonnaise a podcast or movie? Question mark. Bum, 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 bum. Act two. Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy Six. The motion picture. Picture, picture, picture. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> the echo I put in. Um, so this one's actually really straightforward. SpongeBob and Patrick are joined with their fan club for Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy uh, when they find out that the motion picture that's coming out is being the two lead roles are being played by actors instead of the real things. So SpongeBob uh, comes up with the idea to make a movie, and so he hires all his friends, and some shenanigans happen as they try to make their own version of the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy movie. Yeah. Um, again. I don't know. I always feel like these episodes are not the strongest, but this one was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, it was actually a pretty solid look into uh, filmmaking, I was gonna, in, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, we'll let you get into that. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, and we kind of did this with the bubble break, but um, when and we could do this, and we talked about it a little bit with D&D too, but my uh, starting question is, when you come up with like a movie or a story, where do you think the best place to start is? Because mm. SpongeBob and Patrick are like, all right, what do we do? And like Patrick is just like underground city was like through an idea, right? Yes. I don't know. I think for me, it starts with the always with any story. It should be the characters. Mm-hmm. But whenever I write a story or I write anything like for D and D or just you know anything for fun, um, it starts with a scene that I want to happen, and it's like how do I get there? So if like for me, it's like it starts with a moment, uh-huh. and I think like every movie. I think for a lot of people I know who write has that situation where they're like, oh, I really like the idea of, you know, it turns out the bad guy was the intern the whole time and they write the entire movie like that, right? Yeah. And it comes down to like the very classic writing thing is, uh, or movie thing is a log line is you write down like what is happening in your movie and it's in one like quick little line. And a lot of it's just like, I want to see this. or And for me, that's where the scene usually comes from right yeah so i don't think that you know spongebob and patrick really did too bad writing the movie because they already had their characters they knew was mermaid man and barnacle boy yeah it was just like they needed some crazy thing to happen that is some sort of adventure for them to go on right yeah yeah and that's why i have a hard time with a lot of the superhero movies now Mm. it's just like i feel like they they're trying to overcomplicate it somewhat so like somewhat Whereas, like, I watch Birds of Prey, and I hate all the DC movies, and I thought Birds of Prey was, like, the best one out of all of them. And it was a very simple story. Um, You and I were talking about it in between stuff. It's, like, literally, like, can we get this thing? Like, that's the entire story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes it's nice to just play with the characters and have a simple story than, like, try to have some, like, Inception-grade, like, twist. Well, I think that's what's, like, really cool about specific like superhero movies or like movies based specifically on like characters right mm-hmm. there's no there's story there yeah but people are there to watch the characters and how the characters develop and stuff so you can have a super yeah. simple story but people really want to see how that character interacts with their universe and like 
is it live up to like how the comic book portray them or how the book portray them and stuff like that. And I think you're right where like a lot of movies nowadays are like, we have to make the story super complicated. Let's throw a bunch of time travel in this. Let's throw all this extra yeah. in this. And it's just like, I don't, people don't necessarily want that all the time. Yeah. And it's weird because like, I'm a sucker for time travel stuff, but it's so time travel is just hard to do. And it's overly complicated a lot. Yeah. And like a lot of it, you have to either, I think mis- uh, movies make the mistake where they try to explain it too much. It's like they're trying to explain a com- concept that no one has any fucking idea how it I do. works. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I like when people lean into the whole, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense or it just happens. Like, for me, I think one of the best movies that does time travel is Hot Tub Time Machine. Because <laughs> there's no explanation. It's like, yeah, it's just yeah. really stupid. It's a, it's a hot tub and they spill, like, weird Russian energy drink on it and they go back in time. And, like, there's no laws of the universe or physics that they fuck around with. They just... Just realize like their old young selves. They, yeah, they literally look at the at the the screen and like there's some kind of hot tub time machine, <laughs> and like they just lean into it, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of with comics, it's so crazy because you have such an established like amount. Same thing with SpongeBob too. Like they keep coming out with these SpongeBob movies, and I haven't seen any of the newer ones. I've only seen the original, and we're I'm gonna watch them when we get to them uh, chronologically, right? But it's that situation where it's like there's so much that the people have already done in the actual like original material that it's like how do you make a movie that these people haven't experienced these characters haven't experienced already right exactly that's why comics do reboots and remakes and everything like that which i which think actually is detrimental but yeah yeah but like which actually brings me back to the actual episode i don't think it's messed up to do remakes or reboots of classic stuff. Like, especially in SpongeBob's case, he like, I love like the screen that they do where it's like literally a sponge with lips and they're like, they're actors. And it makes like actors seem like they're like this disgusting thing, (laughs) which I think is hilarious. But um, like sometimes, you know, the people that you love, like think of, I think of like Batman, like Adam West was like the original Batman, like Batman and stuff like that. And like, to think like, oh, that's the only Batman that there can ever be is kind of like it's stupid. No, and it's I think really everyone, limiting yeah. everything. And it, it, every like actor brings something different to a role, and not always good. But for me, like Batman, like yeah, I I used to watch the original Adam West, uh, not Jared Leto. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I used to watch the original Adam West Batman. And I loved it. Like as a kid, like I really liked the, like old nineteen sixties Batman. But I also like really like. Christian Bale's Batman. I really like the Christopher Nolan stuff. So it's not like it's bad. It's just different. And it's a good different take on it, you know? So I definitely think that SpongeBob and Patrick should have given it more of a chance than they did. Yeah. And I, I put that even as a lesson is like remakes aren't always bad if they respect the original material. Yeah. So when I think of like creatives and stuff like that, like literally I always, <laughs> Fatima always jokes about like she loves the Mary Kay and Ashley like universe situation. And she talks about like Parent Trap and like It Takes Two. We literally watched it this week. And I was like, that's literally like, you know, uh, The Prince and the Popper or whatever. It's like they're all remakes of something else. You just got to find a way to make it original. And like for It Takes, it, for it takes Two, it's Mary Kay Nashley. That's yeah. like your spin, right? <laughs> but like remakes can't always, aren't always bad. No. Mm-mm. And sometimes it's another lesson I got too is just like, can't go into everything with like the nostalgia filter on all the time because it's going to ruin things. And like, that's something that we've had to learn doing this podcast is we continue to watch SpongeBob with like this this nostalgic feature or filter. Like basically this entire season so far, we'd be like, well, this is awful. Right. It'd be, yeah, because it's nothing like the first one. Right. right? Exactly. And sometimes you kind of let, let loose of that, you know, because I like another example is like, I just watched the remake of the, original pokemon movie recently and like it wasn't mm-hmm. very good but like what they brought animation wise i thought was pretty neat to see mm-hmm. you know compared to like the old stuff so yeah i don't know it's like and again it's like why remake it what are you adding to remake it right yeah. like i don't know and i hadn't i hadn't seen it so i can't make a big like uh judgment on it but i don't know it's one of those things like people are so afraid of the word like remake I'm. I only hate it now because I feel like there's no original ideas being made yeah. anymore. But that's a whole different, different thing. Yeah. 
Um, I also put sometimes you can be too old to do something. Uh, if Mermaid Man can't even remember why he was crying at the beginning of a sentence, I think maybe that man needs to go to sleep. Yeah, and take maybe a he nap. needs to stay at Shady Shoals and not be bothered. <laughs> yeah, it like and I don't know. I still confused about the the relationship between Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy because he does refer to him as my young fit servant, and then he says. Which is also very sexist. He's like, "Be quiet, woman," or something don't like that. Don't touch me, like, woman. Yeah, don't yeah. touch me, woman. Yeah. And I was like, "This is, this is weird." Yeah. I was like, "Is this a, a married couple?" Is this... <laughs> and we talked about it before. Like they kind of do bicker like a married couple. Yeah. But I don't know. The the more and more I hear him talk about Barnacle Boy, I, it seems overtly sexual. It's a weird. Yeah, it is very weird. It's a weird relationship that I don't know if they ever dive into. Maybe they do, but we'll see. Um, I want to ask you what you thought about um the filming process that SpongeBob came up with, especially like how he assigned jobs to his friends. Do you think that he did a good I, job with that? I think he did exactly what every student of film has done in the past, where he's picked friends that he thinks are going to be good at something, and he's made them do those jobs. And <laughs> I, what I really wrote down that I feel bad for is whoever the the random people like i think the the camera operator or the no the assistant camera person uh the guy who was like slating and then the other guy who was pulling the pulling pearl up the the mountain i like he just suckered those people into doing it 100%. and that's like honestly i think it was super accurate of the student filmmaking process he's like i have a friend like literally i've been on sets where they're like i have a friend who like has fireworks <laughs> like okay they're gonna be our explode or our, our pyro pyrotechnics <laughs> uh and i'm sure you've experienced this experienced this in theater where it's just like that one redneck kid who like i own a lot of guns and like i can definitely be the prop gun person i think the like, biggest example of that that i ever ran into is in high school we hmm. were doing what we were doing oh we were doing a talent show and the magician was like oh is there any way you guys make me like float up in the air and, oh yeah, you told us this one. And on I the tell us, oh, yeah. they rigged you up. Yeah, <laughs> they rigged you we up. They rigged it up. Fishing. But line? it was like, let's ask the Boy Scout because he knows how to tie knots and stuff. And that was it. It's just like this is so wild that people like. I get. I don't know what it is. Like that's when you're like no budget and you just like think outside. You're like, you have skills close enough to this, right? You could do it. Yeah, there's a difference between finding someone who you think would be adept at something. Like I remember in. In college, I would have Fatima's sister, Talia, do makeup, but she actually enjoyed doing makeup and did that on her own, like, time, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, there's some small leaps like that. Yeah. Like, even Squidward, who, like, oh, before we even get into that, let's just go, I'm going to run to the other people. So, like, Patrick running the camera. Bad idea. Bad idea. Camera's very technical. You should not have it. I guess SpongeBob was directing, so, like, he's also lost in that situation. Plankton, horrible boom up. Patrick could have been a better boom yeah. up. Maybe Plankton should have ran camera. But uh, he also, I I honestly thought his Manta Ray was very solid. I, I thought so too. He did a really, really good job. I'm glad. He could have used some camera tricks to make him look big. A little bigger. You know? <laughs> I like that he came in with the energy that he did for that yeah. role. You know, Like he really wanted to do it. Yeah. Right? And then uh, Sandy, I think, was actually pretty good for stunts because she was a scientist. Yeah. But again, like this is... It's just budget filmmaking at its finest. And I think this illustrates it perfectly where the entire shoot just goes downhill. Yeah. But I do want to take a particular moment to talk about Squidward's uh, makeup artistry. My favorite part first of the of episode. All, <laughs> yeah. It was, first of all, those close ups. It's been a while since we've seen close ups like that. And they were amazing. They're yeah. like Barnacle Boy, like Boy's eye crusties. Mm hmm are so gross and like <laughs> how flat they drew like uh mermaid man's face and then like that weird science experiment that they like turned out to be when they were done and he's like they were beautiful it's like some nightmare fuel <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially like the the close-up of the mouth is just so yeah. gross that's why i said uh, i really like this episode compared to like the other ones because it feels like it has a little bit of the older humor yeah, yeah, there was a little, it was a little bit more adult humor with the whole, like, um, you know, Plankton dating Mr. Krabs' mom. Yeah. But, like, this whole episode kind of has, like, that chaotic energy that I think SpongeBob is known for. Yeah. 
I bet I think we especially see it too when he has his little meltdown at the end and he's like crawling around on the floor and screaming and then he like picks up the dirt and eats worms which is like why is it that's the thing that people react to why is they why do they freak out as soon as he eats the worms yeah I don't know it's just I don't know like I said it's really crazy like this all the energy in the second act and I think they put a little bit more effort into the second act for that reason I do think so yeah and maybe it's because they also have probably rubbed elbows with people in those boats, you know, like a lot of creatives, no other creatives that do film and stuff. Um, but yeah, I do want to bring uh, light to the fact that Patrick with the lens cap is something that actually happens. <laughs> like there are times there have been times I've been on set where people have done something so simple, but it's caused so much grief. Um, I've gone live before someone left the tape on the table and you don't realize it until halfway through your live stream. And it's because it's just so, something that you see so often that it's like suddenly there and you're like, Oh, and I don't know if that's ever happened in theater. Cause usually there's someone who's specifically for that. Yeah. Like, if you're doing something on the smaller scale or you don't have a lot of hands on deck, then maybe, but like, I don't know uh, something that has happened to me and it sucks really bad when it happens. And it happens to a lot of camera operators um is less so in a film world but more like a doc where you don't have a lot of time is hitting record and then you hit record again and then the light turns on and you're like oh i wasn't recording any of that it's a lot harder to do when you're like on a fixed situation where you're like oh okay standby a camera rolling sound like speeding like like that Uh but when you're like okay omar we need to get these shots and you're just like filming and then like you're done and then you hit record and you're like okay like uh, I guess I wasn't recording. We need to do that again. Um, that has happened. And let me tell you, some the producer that reacts like SpongeBob did, who like ate worms, on the ground, out, yeah. is not the producer you want. <laughs> you want the producer that was just like, okay, we'll have to do it again. There's a and they lie, they lie out their teeth and they go like, there was a technical issue with the camera. One of the files got corrupted. Like, and sometimes you can do that as a camera person. You could be like, oh, sorry, like, like audio was weird on that one. Let's do, start it again. Which is a, a little trick of the trade for anyone starting out, but um, I don't know. Like it, the whole episode I feel like really encapsulates the chaos that is a low budget, zero budget film set. Yeah, I was wondering how many flashbacks you were getting from watching this. <laughs> it was a lot, but like they're all fond memory flashbacks. Like you remember how stupid I used to be. That's good. <laughs> Look like, how far I thought grown. people. And I thought people could do this, um, but I did. I did put in my small lessons play to people's strengths mm-hmm. for those reasons. Because, like, again, like, I think SpongeBob made some decent decisions. Making Pearl the car probably not the best one. That was so mean, <laughs> so awful. He was pretty jacked up. What yeah. the meanest part was that guy carrying yeah. Pearl up the fucking mountain. He was not getting paid enough for that. But overall, how do you feel like the end product was? It came out just as well as I expected it to. I think. I think the entire time I was watching this, I was like, where do they have the budget to have like catering and like all this other shit? and like even with the pyrotechnics, like with the explosions and stuff, I was like, how did they get that? And so when I watched the end product, I was like, this is more of what I was expecting. Like a piece yeah. of kelp literally hanging from a string. And it wasn't too bad. Like the plot was actually not not horrible. No. Um again, I think it was just enjoyable to watch. And I think a lot of it was um I think it was interesting that the entire club ended up seeing it and they all hated it. Yeah. But uh, Patrick and SpongeBob loved it. Yeah. And sometimes you got to just, and that was a small lesson I learned. It got is just like you have, sometimes you do small projects or projects just for yourself. It doesn't have to be for the benefit of others, you know, and like not to go back on another social media rant, but I feel like a lot of times when people like do art or do anything nowadays, like they have to post about it and be like, Oh, I'm only valued by how many likes get but sometimes mm-hmm. it's just about your own gratification about getting something done you know yeah i also put a uh, higher qualified people or you may regret it yeah because <laughs> uh all those people all those people in that set could have used a little bit more a couple more years of experience even just sandy even sandy <laughs> she's just blowing <laughs> without even telling anyone it's gonna happen did i hear boom it's wumbo lesson time josh so ready for a wumbo lesson good we need one this week yeah we need we need two big juicy ones big juicy wumbo lesson yeah i'm just hungry i think I like juicy Ooh, that sounds good 
Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what'd you get for your big lesson? Um, your big old one wombo lesson. My big old wombo lesson. So I got two, and like I'm kind of conflicted between which two I actually like like the most. Do um, both. Yeah. So Bonus I'm gonna, lesson. I'm gonna do both. Um, <laughs> just because I don't know, they're both kind of very loose. Um, so the first... how I like it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh so the first one i got was just like uh sometimes you just gotta let it happen naturally um and you see little bits of it and that's why i didn't really like this one because it wasn't like super over the like knocking it over the head with this one but it happened a little bit in both parts where the first part like plankton i think legitimately did naturally fall in love with mrs Krabs, betsy whatever the hell we're gonna call her yeah but like it did and like the love was like developing and stuff and i think if plankton would have been a little bit like try to beat her in person and not like go over the top by getting the robot and like sending her weird messages and spying on her. I think you'd let <laughs> it happen naturally. It would have been, it would have worked out and maybe Chumbot would have like cucked him, you know? So, um, and then the second part, like at the very end of the episode, the best part of the film that SpongeBob made was the rant that was naturally happening from Mermaid Man. So it's like, I like that. Yeah. So you just gotta like let that happen. And the second one I have is you gotta like check your motivations. I think we've had this one in the past. Some, um, mm -hmm. but it's just like making sure motivations are good and that they're not like detrimental to you or to others. Um, so like in the first part, it's very obvious like Plankton going in with the idea of like I'm gonna steal the Krabby Patty formula now. Those motivations aren't great, you know. Same yeah. thing with Mr. Krabs. The motivation of like trying to protect the crappy patty formulas instead of protecting his mom. Not great. Yeah. And then in the second act, the motivations of SpongeBob and Patrick of like, we want a better movie. So we're going to put these two like senior citizens in danger, basically. <laughs> uh, not super great. So yeah. Yeah. I do like how you said about natural hit happening naturally, especially for the filming part, yeah. because there's a lot of times I see a lot of producers when I'm working with them that they, they talk to like people who aren't on camera very often and they just like try to talk to them like their talent. Yeah. But that they've had like in the past and usually it never works out the way they want it to. They're like, I just really wish they would just say this. And it's like, okay, well tell them to say that. And then sometimes, sometimes people are like, Oh, that's what you wanted. I can do that. And they just say it. Just do it. And yeah. They're fine. And there's other times where I'm like, just let them talk normally like they've been talking and It'll you're going to get exactly what you need. Well, I think that's some of like the best advice, like, that we give our guests when they get on the podcast is just like, this is literally just a conversation. Like it just yeah, pretend just hanging out. we're just hanging out, just act natural. Don't pretend like this is anything more than it is. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a podcast about SpongeBob. Yeah. It's not going to be it's any not, more complex. It's than not that. crazy. We're not doing <laughs> brain surgery here. So yeah. 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 What did you get? So for my Wumbo lesson, I put, and you kind of mentioned it at the end and I won't credit you with stealing because I don't think it's a hundred percent the same. But I said, you can't force people to enjoy things you create. You just got to make it and do your best to get other people to try it out. I think that is different than what I said. I will say yeah. that's very different than what I said. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like yours was like the the, the seed yeah. and it grew into, into that this, magnificent right? tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, so in the first act, I really do think that um, the same thing happened. You kind of mentioned it with Plankton where it's like, he was just coming on so heavy and so strong and like it it was a not a, like an unnatural thing it something started as started off as natural and then it switched into something fake right yeah and that's how i feel like his affections were is like he was just like trying to force people to like the chum bucket he's trying to like force people to like him and then like force someone to marry him like all these different things when he should have just been like, I'm going to be me, and if I get the Krabby Patty formula out of this, like, why the fuck not, right? Yeah. Like, the, But then he would have had, like, a beautiful flesh wife, apparently, yeah. which is what he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> as gross as that sounds. Um, I still think Karen deserved better, but um, that's a completely different... Uh, Find her a good calculator. Big, big lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then same thing with the, the second half. Like, you were saying that SpongeBob and Patrick really enjoyed making what they made and i think a lot of filmmaking and artistry and we said it before is that's how it's got to be you make things for yourself you make it for you and you are gonna be the 
harshest critic that you probably will ever have. And then everyone else, if they like it or they don't like it, that's their problem, not yours. Yeah. Uh, it's only your problem when you can't afford to do your anymore. But right. that's, again, a completely different <laughs> uh, like issue to deal with. Yeah. But um, no, that's how I feel about, about like a lot of things. Um, you can only control how you're enjoying it and you're experiencing it. So let everyone else, you know, go suck an egg or something. I think, you know, and I th- yeah, definitely. And I think that's a really good like lesson. I think especially like there's so much that goes on out every day, like that can get with your head and stuff. If you're like letting all that stuff boggle you down, like letting your experience be influenced by all this outside, then like it could bring you down, you know? And I think that's another way to take your lesson is just like not letting outside influences basically influence you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> detrimental, you know? So nice. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm actually satisfied with the episode this week. Yeah. I think the too. episode itself has, it was hitting a part of my nostalgia bone that, uh, that it was missing. I did. From the, I did from the same earlier part. I remember that. Like the did someone say boom? Like that hit hard in nostalgia. Like laughter. I was like laughing really hard at that. So, so that's it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, if you want to send us anything, questions, suggestions, comments, trinkets. I don't know. Love notes. <laughs> Reach out to poetry, us. Poetry. Yeah. Statues. Love notes. Oh, if someone sent us a statue, man, I'd be down for that. The, the amount of sexual favors I would owe them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you can do so on ismaniasapodcast.com or you can email us at ismaniasapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also be sure to share with your friends and your enemies and comment where you can. But the biggest thing is sharing with your friends and enemies. Definitely. Um, before we go, Omar, I had an idea. Uh, yes. So you know how we were talking about we were gonna find actors to play us in our IMAP movie. Yes. I feel like it'd be kind of sad if like I didn't do some sort of cameo in the movie at least. You know, just mm-hmm. to like a pop up. You know, like Stan Lee doesn't in his all his movies. All he did. Yeah. Yeah. So Damn, I got sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I'd like to. I think I want to try to be a Man Ray. You know, a nice Man Ray cameo. That'd be good. Do you have like um, what's your like? My what do you got? Like you're gonna hear it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll workshop it with you. Ready? <clears throat> I, Man Ray, have returned from the murky depths to seek my revenge and banish your souls to the nether regions. Their defenses are strong, but they are no match for my Man Ray Ray.